When the global supply chain is strained, one essential transportation network continues to keep the economy connected 24-7. That network is freight rail. We're increasing hiring and capacity, all while investing more than $20 billion per year into our network to improve reliability every day. We never stop working to better serve our customers because Freight Rail works. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to one day early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Hello, movie friends. Anthony here. I'm going to do a small audio episode discussing how the box office has changed over the last several decades in Hollywood. I think it's a really interesting topic because it basically is a a relation to how movies have changed over time. Uh, Before I get into it, you can follow us everywhere on social media, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Uh, We're everywhere on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, wherever you watch or listen to podcasts. You can find us if you want. You can support us on Patreon. That goes a long way to helping James and I do the show full time. So we appreciate you all. Now, let's get into it. I think it's... Both good and bad to see how modern blockbusters have changed. And what I think has essentially happened is uh, films used to be mainly geared towards adults. Um, Yeah, there are plenty of kids films always and animated films and things for young people to see. But I really do. It seems as though in the past, most of the films that were coming out were trying to get adults to see movies. Whereas nowadays, it's clearly shown that uh, trying to get as wide of an audience as possible to see your film is the greatest key to success in terms of Marvel movies, Star Wars movies, Transformers movies. These are all uh, movies that are topping the box office every year. And they're movies that can welcome any kind of audience member, whether it be a child or an elderly person. Uh, Anyone can enjoy these kinds of movies. And they're made for that reason, and that is a testament to why they succeed so well because a family can take, you know, parents can take their three kids to see a Transformers movie, but they're not going to go see, you know, The Wolf of Wall Street. So I think it's just very interesting and also kind of troubling in terms of what content is popular culture nowadays, what content the mainstream crowd is looking at and watching and, and consuming, and I think it's still great that people are going to the theaters. I think it's very important to have movies that draw in crowds and keep theaters alive. So I think it's a necessity, but I also think it's kind of uh, a necessary evil in a way. And I love all all these movies. They're great. But I do think that, you know, a lot of people maybe aren't challenging themselves at movies. They're not seeing movies that, you know, can make them think differently about about the world, teach them things challenge their ideas about things, uh, make them look uh, inward, reflect on themselves. And also, villains of older movies of these old hits, you know, the villains were complex. You know, sometimes the villain of a person's life is their their spouse or, or their parent or someone they love or, you know, themselves like falling into an inner demon of like alcohol or drugs. And uh, 
villains were very complex and very relatable, but nowadays the villains in these big movies are generally just, you know, they want to, it's good versus evil generally the whole time. And generally the, the villain has the same abilities as a superpowered person. And I just find that movies, it, movies with superpowers and being people with superpowers, they're not as relatable as movies with just real people. I mean, yes, they they make characters relatable, but you can't really feel like you're a person who has super strength or uh, can fly. And it's fun to see. These movies are a great time. They're successful for a reason. And of, like I said, if if a movie gets a person interested in film and makes them want to go to a theater, I think that's a very good thing. But I also think that it's kind of sad to see that the most successful movies of every year are generally the same kinds of stories, whether it be, you know, Star Wars or Superpowers, DC Marvel, um, Transformers, you know, huge special effects extravaganzas. And so, and I'm not saying, like I said earlier, I don't, it's not that I don't like these movies. I just think that I, I miss how the most successful movies used to be great, challenging movies. So, uh, I'm, I'm going to read off some movies that were the the most successful of the 70s because I think the 70s were the golden era of film. And yes, there were a couple big things like Star Wars came out in the 70s. Um, there was a Superman movie in the 70s. So yeah, we had we had big budget, um, extravagant sci-fi and then a superhero movie. But that's basically it for those kinds of movies. And these are the other greatest hits of the 70s, like greatest hits. Jaws, Grease, The Sting, the Godfather, The Exorcist, The Smoky and the Bandit, Animal House, Blazing Saddles, Rocky, Close Encounters, Towering Inferno, The Rocky Horror Picture Show, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, Love Story, Kramer vs. Stuck Kramer, Airport, American Graffiti, Saturday Night Fever, Amityville Horror, Every Which Way But Loose, Apocalypse Now, The Goodbye Girl, Heaven Can Wait, Alien, Hooper, Fiddler on the Roof, Love Story, and these are movies that when you adjust them for inflation, they're monumental hits. Like The Exorcist made $440 million. And if you adjust that for inflation, it's almost a, it's a little over a billion. And that's a rated R horror movie. Imagine if a horror movie came out, like a hard R horror movie came out this year and made a billion dollars at the box office. Wouldn't that be insane? That's crazy. Same thing with Grease, a musical, $400 million box office, adjusted for inflation, that's about a billion dollars. Unbelievable. Smoking the Bandit, $300 million box office. The Godfather, $250 million box office. Saturday Night Fever, $240 million. Rocky, $220 million. Imagine if that came out today, that's like a $700 million gross. Alien, $200 million. An original property. No one had ever heard of it. It's not like a big sci-fi extravaganza. It's a hard R horror movie. Huge numbers. Uh, the Sting, which is uh, just a character-driven um, crime film about people pulling a job. Paul Newman and Robert Redford, $200 million gross. Like these movies, they, they were the box office juggernauts of these, of the day. You know, it's, and I miss that. I miss the fact that these movies that were killing it at the box office, they were about interesting characters. Every movie, every movie I just listed is completely different from the one I, the, the one before it. They're completely unique. Uh, the the stories are different. Many of them are original properties. And, you know, people came out to see these movies. These were huge, massive hits, gigantic hits. And, you know, adjust for inflation, these movies would be making as much as Disney movies, as Warner Brothers 
um, superhero movies, as Marvel movies, as Transformers movies, as Star Wars movies. These were the box office kings of their day. And I just think I, I'm looking at how, how film is changing. And I love I love superhero movies. I love Star Wars. I love all these movies. But I do find it kind of sad that like huge successes aren't the movies that like were challenging to audiences that brought about change in how people like viewed things you know i'm list i'll list off like the modern blockbusters we have of the last 10 years Uh, avengers endgame the force awakens infinity war jurassic world lion king avengers fast and furious 7 frozen 2 avengers black panther harry potter deathly hallows star wars the last jedi jurassic world frozen uh, incredibles Fate and the Furious, Iron Man 3, you guys are seeing a pattern, right? It's a lot of just the same stuff. And many of these stories, they tell the, they basically tell the same story in each of the movies. It's basically the same thing. And basically, archetypes of the same characters. Obviously, there are differences, but it's not like these stories are very different from one another. And I, I find it kind of just, it's kind of sad because what happened was the movies that were dominating the box office in the 70s and 80s and 60s, those movies are still coming out. But now those are considered like independent films. Like those get that label of it's an indie movie. You know, that's an independent film. That's like a, a, a festival movie. It won an award at Sundance or at Cannes or at the Tribeca Film Festival. Nowadays, it's sad to see that like, you know, everything everywhere all at once, it's losing money at the box office. And it's just like, those movies used to dominate the box office like these great we call them small indie movies that will be like awards winners and that's great and everything but not many people are seeing them and i think that's i think that is worrying to me that people don't really want to see these movies they're out there they're marketed and they just never really perform that well and they're not like they used to be like the imagine the french connection made $300 million. The French Connection, a rated R detective film, like that made almost a billion dollars adjusted for inflation. That's pretty wild. And that would never happen. Like a, a good cop, cop drama, top out at 200 million tops, maybe 250, depending on who's in it. Like The Departed, 220 million. The, some of the biggest stars in the world, they couldn't even propel that into high box office of even close to half a billion dollars. But now it's like you, someone has superpowers and it's a guaranteed hit. Even Morbius, crap movie, it's gonna make at least two hundred fifty million dollars, and it's and that's a bad movie. And so again, I, these movies are great; people are going to the theater. But I think it's this, it's kind of troubling to see what are the most successful movies of the years, and I think that it has a lot to do with the corporatization of studios of filmmaking. I I don't really blame audiences; I blame more so studios approaching movies in a way of how can we make the most money with this movie whereas they used to be like let's just make great movies like when the exorcist was getting made they didn't think it was going to be the biggest hit one of the biggest hits of all time it, and it is still to this day adjusted for inflation one of the greatest movie box office successes of all time but it's not like they were making that movie like let's maximize our profit so i think that the corporatization of, of movie studios has really affected what kinds of movies people want to see. And, you know, these movies, they're being written by communities, like group writing room, writers rooms. They're also studio execs and producers are just like 
they care more about what kind of merchandise can we sell connected to this movie and how can we try to connect to every single kind of person there is from ages to races to genders. Let's try and just maximize our profit. Let's try to make this as wide of a reach as possible rather than just making like, let's make a great movie, see what, like give this filmmaker creative control, let them do their thing, tell their story. And oftentimes you see directors, time and time again, you hear these stories about a director worked on a big studio picture and the studio just overhauled everything, took control, forced them to change edits, forced them to put scenes in. And it kind of affects, it very much affects what the director or writer originally had in mind for their vision and it becomes the vision of the studio. And oftentimes, you know, movies are made just to sell not just tickets, but merchandise and clothes and to to visit a theme park ride. That seems to be more of a motivating factor than just making great, interesting films. Combine that with these movies being made to reach as wide an audience as possible so they're all PG or PG-13. And I just miss the days that, you know, imagine if like a crazy, incredible, challenging movie was the biggest hit of the year. Imagine if an Ari Oster movie was the made a billion dollars. I think that would be so cool. But I think that combine that with social media where if you're if you're into like Marvel when you go on Instagram or you go on TikTok all you see is Marvel 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 so I'll I'll do reviews of movies and make a clip about a movie and post it on TikTok or on Instagram and people will comment oh I never even knew this movie came out and that's kind of sad because it's not their fault they don't know the movie came out on the algorithms on social media once you once they realize figure out what you're interested in the algorithm just keeps feeding you that content so if like say like a, a a teenager who loves film but loves like like captain america or like tom holland whenever they go on instagram it's all tom holland tom holland marvel 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 and they're not being shown trailers images or things from you know smaller films that they might also love and so social media algorithms also feed into this cog of like putting people into a bubble of one thing, even though they might love things that they've never been exposed to rather than just like, and not every, in these great independent films, they can't afford lots of trailers. They can't afford TV spots. They can't afford billboards in major cities. You know, they're always, they're many times working with a small budget, so they can't even compete with these giant corporate companies that can just plaster their movies all over the place. And so, I'm not I don't think it's the fault of the audience. I think it's a complex just jumble of things. Mainly the problem is the maximization of profit over quality film. And so I would say that, you know, the corporate structure of films making has changed in a negative way and even though audiences are are getting what they want and what they love, they're not even half the time aware of other amazing films they could see. And so I just, I've, in the watered down nature of streaming services and streaming apps like Netflix and Amazon Prime and, and just like tons of content, 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 content. And I, I do, it, I think it's inevitable it was going to get to this point based upon the successes of Star Wars and Spielberg's early films. Then studios were like, oh, we can make a billion dollars in a movie. Let's try and do that over and over and over again. And so I think that ultimately is the mindset of a lot of these like big studio um, companies that just want to maximize profit. And I think that's the problem more than anything. But, you know, it is the way it is. 
I just think that if independent films could reach a bigger audience, that would be amazing because my favorite movies are these smaller movies, which used to dominate the box office and everyone used to talk about 30 years ago, 40 years ago. But now those have kind of just like become like, you could say, quote, art house indie movies. And then I think once that label gets slapped on a movie, that also makes people maybe less inclined to want to see it because they think it's like, oh, it's Oscar bait. It's just artsy. But you know, that's, I think that is, that's great cinema. And so I do think that they're, we're in this problem of like seeing the same thing over and over again. And these are, and since they're making a billion dollars, studios keep churning them out. So maybe the advent of streaming can make great smaller films widely seen to audiences. I think that's starting to happen, but I think ultimately there's nothing you can do about going on social media and only seeing the things that the algorithm thinks you want to see. And that's a problem as well. It's a complex issue, but ultimately I'm not happy with really what are the most successful movies of the year because I'll see like five or ten great films in a year and they'll all be box office bombs. And that's not a good thing because if they don't make good money, they're going to be producers and studios will make them less and less. And that's the harsh reality of it. But, you know, movies are business. These companies have a lot of employees and they don't want to have bad quarters for their shareholders. And it's like a necessary evil in a lot of ways. But that's my opinion on it. I, th- I wish it was more like the, it used to be back in the day, but maybe we'll get to that one day. Anyways, let me know what you guys think. Feel free to send us uh, comments or DMs on Instagram. Don't forget to follow us on all of our social media accounts. You can listen to us and watch us anywhere you watch and listen to podcasts. We appreciate your support. Join our Patreon if you'd like to help us out even more. Either way, we appreciate you tuning into our show. Take care, everyone. Just when I finish my to-do list. We need more chips, Mom. Honey, I need... A lot of chicken. Something else comes up. That's when I use Instacart to help get everything we need from BJ's Wholesale Club. Delivered right to our door in as fast as one hour. And then finally I can relax. Mom, I think we're out of toilet paper. Time for another BJ's order. Download the Instacart app or visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first order. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum order $10. Additional terms apply.